0: It's your boy, and welcome to episode 100 of the podcast. This is M, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everywhere you find good podcasts, you'll find this one. So take a minute, rate and review us, give us five stars, type a couple sentences about why you like the podcast, where others will also. And if you can think of one person in your life who you think would like the show, send them your favorite episode. Also, video podcast available. Uh, on YouTube and on our website, this is mpod.com. You can navigate to the website. You'll find this episode there listed first. You can watch the video on our website or click through to YouTube, where you can like and subscribe and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, but lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 100, and uh, nestled in between some reading for school and an errand I have to run here shortly is uh, what very well may be the final episode of the podcast. Uh, we've had a hell of a run. It's, uh you know, it's kind of funny when I first started this and, and just sort of thinking ahead and just sort of crunching the numbers and thinking, man, how long would it take to get 100 episodes? And you think, well, one a week. I think there's like 52 weeks in a year. You know, two years from now, uh, you'll be at episode 100. And I think around that time I had just started school. I was uh, in a transition period of my life. It seemed like the right thing to do. As I was setting out on a new venture, and uh, here we are two years later, and, you know, in some ways everything feels the same, and in some ways everything feels completely different. Uh, In some ways I'm also starting school again in a new environment, and uh, for other reasons we'll probably talk about here shortly, things are changing in my life again also. Um, I guess I'm just trying to think, uh, just try to get you up to speed with what the last week has been like. Uh, I did start school. I started at my new university. And, uh, you know, uh, starting... I I guess it's sort of the same every semester. Uh, But even starting in a new environment. uh, And we we are having classes in person, which has been crazy. So, you know, we go to campus and everyone has to wear masks. And all the teachers are wearing masks. And um, there are a couple people who walk around campus without any masks. They're usually white dudes who have kind of... uh, you know, they have kind of a antisocial demeanor about them. They're kind of like the Joker with no makeup. That's like kind of like their attitude. They're kind of like waiting for someone to say something to them. Um, I just sort of let them be curmudgeonly and do what they're doing. I'm not too concerned about them. Um, But otherwise, everyone's wearing masks, which is very strange. Uh, And it's, you know, it just kind of feels surreal. One, just to be back in an environment where you're on campus and going to classes, but also everyone is masked. It just feels, uh, you know, just kind of dystopian, really. But it is cool to be um, at a new school. I'm sort of surprised. I had sort of anticipated, you know, when I got to to the big kid's school after leaving community college that things would feel more collegiate. Um, It actually feels younger. There's something about the comportment of the students that feels more juvenile, which is kind of strange. Um, I mean, I'm going to a place that's pretty respected academically. I, I would have thought it would have felt kind of bookish or something. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Especially taking mostly upper division courses, I, I would have... It, I don't know. I just i thought things would have felt more studious, but it, it, it almost feels like I'm in high school a little bit. Um, um, I'm assuming it's my fault, though. I mean, I'm uh, quite a bit older than most of the students. And, um, you know, it is what it is, but we'll, we'll see how that pans out. I will say... Um, you know, I'm double majoring in uh, comparative literature and East Asian religion, thought, and culture, and I can tell you now that all of my English classes seem like they're going to be super easy. I'm taking a Shakespeare class, which uh, is a lot of reading, but, um, you know, there's like four assignments the entire semester, which are actually seem very simple, and, um, you know, my I have a comparative literature class, which again is a lot of reading, but, you know, they're half of the things I've already read, and... Um, it just, uh, it seems like it's its going to be very, fairly simple. The, the, what's going to kick my ass, though, is the language studies. I showed it to my first day of uh, intermediate Chinese, which sounds crazy to think that I'm even taking intermediate Chinese since I only started studying the language like 12 weeks ago. But um, the teacher is a white dude, but does not speak English in class. If he really has to, he'll drop a couple English words to just kind of, you know, sort of really clarify. But other than that, he teaches the entire class in Mandarin, which is crazy. My last um, two semesters of Chinese were, uh, the teacher was Chinese and most of the class was taught in English. So, you know, it it, it feels a little intimidating because there's, uh, I would say, you know, half a dozen people in the class seem to really understand what's going on. They seem very strong. Uh, I probably understand about 10% of what's being said. I mean, I, I sort of get the gist of what's going on because of the context of what we're talking about. And, um, there's only one time he's called on me in class where I was not able to summon any answer, which was kind of embarrassing, but otherwise I I do okay. Uh, especially if it's like a reading thing, he wants me to read from something on the board. I do pretty well at that. But I I tell you, my listening comprehension and my speaking ability is like, is not very good at all. Um, so I think that's going to take up most of my work this semester is uh, the language studies. But otherwise, uh, reading some cool stuff, we're reading uh, Titus Andronicus and Shakespeare, which is one of my least favorite uh, Shakespeare plays. I think it's most people's least favorite Shakespeare plays. I wonder if we've actually talked about it on the podcast before, but um, actually reading it again is actually, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's weird how when you read things in different parts of your life, you get different things out of them. And even though it's ultimately kind of nonsensical, I'm not going to go into it because we don't need to do some, uh, I don't need to just sort of like share my lectures with you, but um, parts of the plot are, are, are sort of nonsensical and melodramatic and and whatever, but still it's 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 not as bad as I remember it, honestly. Um, I, there's actually a very, I don't want to say famous, that's definitely not the word for it because I doubt it made very much money, but um, there is a, a filmed version with Anthony Hopkins that I remember seeing when it came out, and having it on DVD, actually, I think it was very visually striking, I don't know if I ever thought it was a uh, very good movie, though. Um, also reading Antigone, <clears throat> about halfway through that, and uh, basically, we're going to be reading a Shakespeare play a week, and in my comparative literature class, or like reading a novel or something every week, so uh, it's going to be a lot of reading, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think the language studies are what uh, are really going to kick my ass. Uh, other than that, like biking to school. Uh, so it's, it's just sort of weird. It's like once you, before the semester starts, I sort of look, I'm like looking at it with apprehension, just feeling like it's going to be a huge, I don't know, like it's going to be very disorienting. And, uh, it's just weird to sort of look up and one day your life is completely different. You know, the way you spend your time, the way you structure your days, how you get around even, you know, I, I, I barely driven in the last week. I just bike to school sometimes twice a day. Because I'll go in the morning, I'll have to come back in the afternoon and do some work work. And then I'll, you know, I have like one or two things in the evening that are on campus that I have to go back for. So it's been good exercise. Um, Also weird to see how things change. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking about this, but as I reflect on it, (laughs) you know, it's kind of interesting that, you know, when I think about not what sent me back to school... You know, but as I was transitioning to leave the junior college I was finishing and transferred to a four year uh I was preparing uh, for a psychology major and um at the last minute, I just had this kind of moment of clarity. It was really during a conversation in therapy where I was talking about you know feeling like I'm just kind of floating along in school and just coming kind, of, kind of committed to the process but not really knowing where all of this was leading. But also feeling like, man, things are about to get a little bit harder as I transfer to this new school. It's going to be, and and where am I going to find the energy to really continue performing as as well academically? And sort of comparing that with how I enjoy spending my time, which is I like to read. I like to reading Chinese philosophy. And I sort of talked myself into this realization, which is, well, that's how I should be spending my time then. You know, if that's what I enjoy doing, if that's what I'm actually excited for if I'm going to get through the next two years, I should spend that time doing that. And so deciding that I would, well, the the best way to sort of read interesting books would be to ma- major in some type of literature study. And, you know, just try studying Chinese and see what that's like. And, uh, you know, just sort of committing to that process. And so um, I remember having a moment in therapy before transferring where I was saying, you know, I knew you know, if you go back to episode 13 of this podcast, Book of Changes, I, I don't think I relate a story very well, which I find has been a theme on the podcast. Every time I tell a story that's very important to me, I find I never I, I never feel like I do it justice. The best moments on the podcast are where I have no idea what we're going to talk about and we land on good shit. Anytime I've had expectations for an episode and this is one of them, uh, they don't uh, turn out as well as I'd hoped. I'm not going to say that they're categorically bad. They're just not what I had in mind. We'll put it that way. But uh you know, I remember saying in therapy one time as I was sort of reflecting on this sort of sea change in my studies. Oh yeah, I should have finished my first thought, which is I I'm I, I do recount how I summoned on the I Ching, you know, this ancient Chinese book of divination philosophy, uh, in episode thirteen of the podcast. And it was this bookstore that I had never been to before and uh have not been to since. But I went in there and, you know, got the I Ching and sort of left. And it's right next to the campus of the school that I go to currently. And I was on break on Friday uh, from classes. I had an hour between Chinese and uh, I have this afternoon Shakespeare class or, or a, a discussion class for my Shakespeare course. And I was like, uh, I'm going to go get something like find a cafe or something, get something to eat. And as I'm walking up the street, I'm thinking, oh, that bookstore that I got the I Ching from is right of right the way. And I walk up, and right as I think, where is it? Or, you know, I, I, I thought maybe I just walked right past it, because I didn't see it. And then, as I sort of trace back, I realize I'm looking at where it used to be. And it's just empty. And it was so weird, like, looking into this space. And of course, it's always a little bit different than you remember, like smaller somehow in a weird way. But the doors were closed, but you could see, you know, through the glass windows into the place where you see all the bookshelves are all empty. And, uh, it was just kind of a weird moment, you know, to think that this place that, um, I've sort of mythologized in my head and kind of had like a weird magic for me in in a way is gone now. And, um, in some ways it, it seems fitting, but, um, almost like, uh, like an oasis or something. It's like there for when you need it. And then as soon as you have no need for it anymore, it sort of disappears. That's a very uh, self-centered way to think about these things. But, uh, that's, uh, that's the way I think about it. But, um, but that was weird. But I, I it did bring me back to this thought that I had as I, I went to this cafe that's still open right next to it. And I sort of sitting there eating like a, um, a blueberry scone in a, in a, in a mineral water <laughs> and thinking, you know, I remember having this moment in therapy where I was, you know, that finding that book was, you know, a turning point in my life. Um, anyway, but as I was reflecting on this change in my major too, I said, I I knew when I found that book, the moment I stumbled on that book, I knew it was going to change my life. And, um, you know, I think that would be more, uh, the impact of that or the meaning of that would be more apparent if I was like a professor or lecturing on the I Ching or something like that. But I just mean, it very literally, uh, you know, it's changed the focus of my reading interest for the last like six or seven years. Uh, in a lot of ways, the way I see the world, uh, the way I think about art and probably just about everything I would say. Um, but more practically, my studies. I mean, the only reason I'm even studying Chinese or even learning the language for that matter is because of, uh, you know, the body of uh, philosophy and literature that stumbling on the I Ching um, introduced me to. Um, And so where am I going with all that? Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to be in my life now and to be studying Chinese, something I never thought I would ever study. And, um, you know, studying literature and, uh, you know, at a very prestigious university. And uh, it's just weird where life takes you. Very unexpected in many ways. Um, which sort of brings me to my next point. Um, I've been alluding in the last few episodes that there was... Uh, Things going on in my life, which I haven't really talked about on the podcast, and I don't mean to talk about it with so much uh, self seriousness, um, but it is worth noting since it's been a common topic on the podcast to date. Um, it feels weird saying it because it's actually not official yet, but it's only a matter of time. Um, but the truth is, is uh, me and my girlfriend are are uh, separating. Uh, in actual fact, uh, as I'm recording this. I was saying I was nestling this recording in between uh, doing some reading for school and an errand. Uh, But she's actually been out of town for the last week. Her mother's been in town. And uh, she and I have been in couples counseling for the last couple months. And, uh, you know, I I think we both realized that we've been together for a long time. And uh, it didn't really feel like, given the time that we've been together, things were really moving in the direction that they have or usually do for most people, um, given this much time together. And that's okay. That's not a deal breaker. Our relationship is our own. It can be different. That's, that's not the problem, but I think we both were feeling there was probably a reason for that. And as we explored it, I think we really started considering seriously that, um, you know, maybe there were things that we wanted that we weren't getting out of this relationship. So I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty of it. Um, you know, I'll just say, obviously she's been, you know, one of the major players on the podcast in terms of people that I talk about. And, um, you know, if I ever do go back <laughs> and listen to the podcast, which I probably won't, <laughs> but if I ever did, um, you know, I, I think it would just be interesting to hear, uh, how my thinking and talking about her, uh, may have changed over time. Um, But that's kind of been the thing that I've been sitting with the most that I haven't talked about on the podcast. And why is that? Well, one, it's none of your business. (laughs) You know, I think about this podcast, and even as I was doing the intro today for this episode, I was thinking, uh, well, one, it's kind of silly because I'm in all likelihood not recording another episode of this. So it seems weird to encourage people to um, subscribe to the podcast, but, you know, for consistency's sake. But also, it's been weird to sort of talk and treat this thing like a like it's um uh, I mean I guess it's a podcast in that it is an audio recording that's disseminated through an RSS feed and it's filed under the podcasts of whatever Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever it is but it's really just a fucking like like audio diary for me and um So I don't know. It's weird when I, you know, I, I hear from people who listen to the podcast and I know people listen to it regularly and uh, and that's great. Um, but anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this except to say, yeah, I don't know. I made the statement that, you know, in all honesty, what's going on in my personal life is not really anyone's business and that's true. Uh, part of it is I, you know, I want to respect uh, her privacy. Um you know, even though this is a place for me to just sort of, uh, talk about what I want to talk about, um, you know, yeah, I don't know what to say, you're smart, I'm I'm sure you know what I'm trying to say, even though I can't find the words for it, um, yeah, it's weird to both have a place where you sort of talk about whatever you want to talk about, but yet people listen to it, and, um, you know, having to be mindful about what you share And respecting other people's privacy And only, you know, you know, just all that sort of stuff Not that it really has any real impact You know, there aren't too many of you But, um, yeah, just, uh, you know Wanting to respect her privacy, I suppose And actually the weirdest thing, too, is, you know The, the fact that we're separating is not official But, um, you know, we uh, have spent some time apart uh, Not communicating Just kind of having time to process things on our own and uh I'll be picking her up from the airport here as she flies into town, and uh we have uh counseling tomorrow but uh you know the reason we're seeing each other tonight is to have a conversation, and I think it's going to be you know I think it's going to be uh, the decision that um things are going to end um and it's sad. You know the week before school started, I was really down in the dumps and uh, yeah, and I, I guess I again, I'm not trying to go into too many de- uh, too many details here, but you know this is something that I sort of wanted um, I think her less so, but um so it feels weird to feel sad about that in some ways if you're sort of getting what you want, right. And I'm not making them, but I am now. The air quotes one. If this is something that you want, it should be making you happy. But, uh, you know, it's the end of an era. And it's, you know, the, I don't know. It. If you've gone through breakups, you know what I'm talking about. There's just that sort of grieving process. Um, and so that, you know, the other week was very hard. I think the fact that I've started school and I have this new structure um, and I have all these things to distract myself with has actually made things a little bit easier. And in some ways I, even as I've been going to school and we've been I've been spending time apart and not communicating with her, I feel like it's been like a rehearsal for kind of what being single is going to be like and I've sort of uh I resigned myself to the idea that i'm I'm going to be single and not even date for the first semester of school. I'm just going to focus on school and work and just be this kind of uh uh cloistered bachelor for the next, you know, until the winter and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, in the spring I will bud and be, uh, and be, be a bachelor again. But, um, until that time, just trying to focus on school and, uh, kind of be alone. And, um, you know, that kind of how Stella got her groove back kind of shit. Like, I just want to like, I want to find myself You know, I want to spend my time just kind of reading my books and doing my homework and doing my studies and um, and yeah, it's um, I don't know. It'll be a strange time. I think it'll be strange also not having this, which uh, as I've thought about it now that this is actually a reality, now that this is actually the last episode, I've thought, can I really not do this anymore? I don't know. I don't know. You you might be having episode 101 quicker than you think. Um, But I don't know. I I think to keep moving forward, um, I think things do have to change. Like I said, uh, there is this weird element, too, of like blending the personal and having an audience. And so I don't know. I am thinking if I continued moving forward, I think it would be a little more structured. I think it would be a little more uh, sermonizing and uh, maybe sort of preparing thoughts. I mean, it's sort of funny, I, I, although I don't know if that's true either. I mean, I did tell you that um, for this episode, I would, I would, you know, prepare some thoughts on things ending and and what the future held. And uh, I haven't prepared anything. I thought about it a great deal, obviously. it's In some ways, it's the only thing I think about. But uh, I have prepared nothing. And so, although I tell myself moving forward for the podcast to continue, it would have to be this. Uh, formal something where I write my thoughts down. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I think if that's what I wanted to do, I would be doing that, you know? Yeah. I mean, in some ways, that's kind of antithetical to what the, the podcast really was supposed to be in the first place. It was supposed to be easy. It was supposed to be just sort of set up, press record and do it and then move on with your life. And, um... Actually, actually, um, you know, as I'm sort of talking around this topic, I'm thinking, I, I actually told myself when I started recording that the podcast was going to be as long as it felt like it needed to be. And if it was an hour, great. If it was shorter, fine. And in some ways, I sort of felt myself wrapping up here. But I do feel compelled to force myself to um, spend some time talking about one topic. And um, in a way, the last maybe eight episodes or something have kind of been a microcosm Of what I think therapy is like for most people, which is up until a couple episodes ago, you know, I spent most of my time talking and thinking about, um, really predicated on the release of Bo Burnham's Inside, this idea that, you know, for the last six years, it feels like five or six years, I've been sitting on this creative idea that when I had it, you know, I won't rehash it here. You can go back and listen to other episodes, but it was, you know, it was one of the most, um, you know, kind of powerful things I've ever experienced in my life. And, um, as wonderful as that was of, of seeing this thing sort of this, this wave of inspiration sort of happen and and this idea sort of come together and and see, you know, there was this period of time where my life just kind of felt magical and uh, it felt like I was, kind of being gifted this idea that was, uh, you know, meant for me. And um, the tragedy, in a lot of ways, of, of not acting on it, you know. I mean, it's sort of funny taking a Shakespeare class this semester and reading Hamlet, which, of course, I've read a few times already. But, um, you know, in many ways, my, you know, one of the central dramas of my life for the last six years has been not being able to take action on this idea and there is kind of a hamlet quality to it In that when I think back on my life there's nothing I've ever felt that felt like my life's purpose or my life's meaning like this idea and feeling that and knowing that with like every fiber of my being and yet not being able to do anything about it or not being able to bring myself to act on it has been both very difficult and also feels inevitable <laughs> in some way. Um, there's this—I uh, don't, I, you know—I don't know anything about the band, The Fray, other than uh, they do have one lyric that always sticks in my mind, where he says, "I'm losing you and it's effortless." And I always thought, "Oh, that's such a great goddamn lyric." And uh, in a way, that's how I've sort of felt about this whole creative project. I've I'm, I I. have seen the window of opportunity closing on it. I've seen it broken up into a thousand pieces and sort of played out in, in so many other areas of art and life and the news. And, um, you know, I've said it felt like I was given this gift of insight for this creative project. And when the cosmos saw that I was not going to carry it out, you know, this great work needed to be carried out somehow. Uh, and so it was sort of carried out in other areas of the world. And what felt like one of, if not the final nail in the coffin, was uh, the release of Bo Burnham's Inside, which, although very different in many ways, was uh, at its heart very similar to the uh, creative idea that I had in that, like a podcast, it was somebody using all the resources that they had available to create something um, that nobody else was. And um, although I've seen Inside, and it was very hard to watch for, for a lot of reasons, it also wasn't perfect, but it's, you know, to me, it's merits extended beyond whether or not it was funny or whether or not it was perfect. It was the, the creative courage and um, that it took to create it. And I think if you're kind of a soulful artist, I think that that part is undeniable. You know, when you're in the presence of true art, you you are aware of it, whether or not you're entertained, whether or not you're enjoying yourself um, there's a spirit there that you're sensitive to. And so, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that inside is, um, you know, one link in a very important chain of a creative conversation through time. And, um, it's kind of interesting and sorry if I'm repeating myself here, but, uh, this thought is not new, which you've heard, but I've said, you know, a quote that's always stood out in my mind is Tupac Shakur's quote, you know, I may not change the world, but I guarantee you, I will spark the mind that will change the world. You know, that's something that's always stuck with me. And, uh, um, I guess, you know, I've always wanted to create something like that, you know, whether or not it was celebrated that it, that it was, uh, you know, it, it sort of moved the conversation forward, that it was uh, an investment, in whatever this important conversation happening through time is that it would somehow contribute to the conversation or inspire somebody who would have something, um, something important to say, more important to say or something like that. Um, and so anyway, inside is that, um, the way that that sort of manifests in my life though, is I remember after inside came out and I was in the in the height of my, um. Uh, green with envy and hurt and like actually going through my life carrying around this like hurt knowing this thing existed feeling um you know upset with myself and discouraged and uh you know feeling like I had cheated myself um I saw a friend a lot of people were posting social media about this and um a friend of mine, a creative person I know, posted something to social media where they had just seen inside, and they were like, "Wow, this man is a genius." My my purpose in life now is to either work uh, for this person, Bo Burnham, or with him. You know, and I thought, "Wow, that almost more than anything can think of totally misses the point." of why something like that is important. Like why Bo Burnham creating inside is important. You know, if your takeaway from watching inside is, oh, I have to work with Bo Burnham. Then you're, it's like you totally missed the message. The takeaway should have been, I, I think, who am I to say? But I think the takeaway should have been, wow, look what I can do. Wow, he did it. Wow, he did the thing. I have something I want to create, you know, and as I'm sitting here today, you know, there's a part of me that when we were in the middle of these conversations, I thought, you know, the last episode would go, Hey, we're at this turning point in my life. And even though the podcast is ending, you know through this cathartic conversation that we've had and through my own realizations and witnessing of buburnum's inside and a thousand other things right um i now will embark on this journey of doing the thing and i don't feel that way today <laughs> You know, I feel there's a whole sea change in my life right now, right? My relationship is ending. I'm starting school in a new environment. The podcast is ending. It's such, um, you know, all all the changes are happening at once. You know, it feels very serendipitous or fortuitous or whatever the word is that all of these things are happening at the same time. And so it feels like an important time. And I feel like the right thing to say and to, and what I want for myself to feel is to feel like now I begin the great work begins. And, um, you know, I actually feel like, man, I have a lot of homework to do, (laughs) you know? I have class. I have work. (laughs) And so I wonder, I, I feel like on the one hand, there's this changing of the guard. And as much as I would love to just like feel completely committed to this creative process and creating the thing. There is a part of me that wonders if I'm exchanging one distraction for another. You know, it'll be two years when I graduate and that's not forever, right? Two years is actually not a long time. If you're young, you think it is. If you're an adult, you know, it's not. But I wonder You know, what will be released between now and the time I graduate school? What will transpire? What new things will come along that I will be, have my hands full with? And will I look up in another two years and think, oh, I still haven't done the thing. I don't, yeah, I don't know what I'm waiting to feel. whether i need uh, permission to start or i need to feel motivated maybe that's maybe that's all an illusion maybe wanting to feel that is the excuse i've used to not do the thing forever It may sound silly to say this, but, um, you know, I mentioned having some dental work that I've had to do recently and tomorrow I get the permanent crown put on. I've had this temporary crown on for a few weeks now. And it's such a small thing, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, I've known people who had brain tumors and I've been in the hospital with them and and they've really been on them the brink of death. You know, I'm not talking about something like that, but these things as you get older, they do show you that like, you're not invincible. (laughs) your teeth will rot and, um, time passes, I think is the big takeaway. And and you're not invincible. And there is a part of me that just thinks as I keep delaying and delaying, you know, I think the idea of the window of opportunity is illusory. I mean, you can do whatever you want at any time, honestly, but Only if you have the time to do it. And time is not promised to you. You know? And I think... You know, how much more time do you have? And how do you want to spend it? How do you really want to spend it? I mean, I'm very hard on myself, but I'm not a person who really, you know, when I really get to a place where I feel like things are wrong or things need to change, they do. You know, I've been in a relationship for five years that I would not change a bit of. It's the most important relationship in my life. In some ways it's, you know... It's the best thing that's ever happened to me, <laughs> but it, I also know in my gut that it's. I need something else that it needs to end, and um, you know, in the same way that well, I decided to go back to school, I did it. Um, when I when I wanted to move out to the Bay Area, I did it. When it was time to change my major, I did it. And now that it's time for this relationship to end, regardless of what it means to even my partner, but to other people, it's going to end. Strange to the podcast I'm more ambivalent about. <laughs> I do feel like we'll take a break from it. Will it end forever? I don't know. We'll see. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take, six years, seven years, a decade. That's what the I Ching told me. <laughs> when I initially, initially consulted the I Ching, it said ten years. And I thought, oh, what a silly, stupid book. Well, we'll see. My timeline is all fucked up. I don't know how long it's actually been, but uh, maybe one day I'll crunch the numbers and I'll, you know, and I'll see. Uh, it's been ten years to the day. Believe it or not, the day I'm recording this. My girlfriend and I have been together for five years exactly. It's funny how time works. For someone who's an atheist and a skeptic, a lot of things are coming together all at once. You know, the week before this was really hard and sad. This last week has been good. And I wish, <laughs> you know, I mentioned in the last episode, my brother had something to say about it. And my uh, my buddy Matt, our MVP, had something to say about it as well this comment that as I get older, I wish I knew myself more, or I'm disappointed to feel that at my age, I I thought I would have had something figured out. I would have felt more sure of purpose or this sense of having arrived at something, some spiritual awareness, or I, I, you know, this, you know, going back to school and being around people who are so young, you just feel the air is fraught with insecurity. They live with so much it's just so much tension. It, it, when you walk into a room, you can just cut it with a knife. Um, and when you're in it, you have no idea. It just is your. It's just your reality. But I think back on that time period for me, you know, being a student is like impossible <laughs> when you're young. I mean, unless maybe you're from a certain upbringing. But no wonder people struggle in their early twenties up until their thirties. You know, you don't even know who you are. And even though i 've matured in a lot of ways, and i 'm a very different person it 's also weird to still feel like I'm still waiting to arrive and i maybe i 'm paraphrasing something that my brother said and maybe some things that um, i 've talked about with some other people, but you know my wanting to feel that i think I think a lot of people wanting to feel that's the catalyst for a lot of horrible fucking decisions. <laughs> It's why people stay in the major that they started. Because they, they they just want to arrive. They want to have the degree. And despite their uncertainty, as long as I just stay the course, things will be okay. You know, or commit to some new thing that they want nothing to do with because it looks it looks like arriving to other people. You know, I'm just going to go to grad school and defer commit to something before i i have to really stew in the uncertainty or marry this person invest more in the business that's failing or uh you know or self sabotage but um yeah it's weird to feel so I'm trying not to use the word lost because I don't think that's accurate either. But to feel so liminal, right? I was sort of laughing about that word on our recent episode. To feel so liminal betwixt and between two states. And, um, and yet that also feels like the only reasonable plan right now like I said, I wish I could tell you, uh, the great works the great work begins. And, um, I'm fully committed to this creative project, but I don't feel like I trust my judgment to really commit to anything new right now. <laughs> I mean, I think I, the only thing I really have capacity for is to, you know, they announced this new job at work and, uh, I have a, a per a coworker of mine who I really, really enjoy. One of my favorite people I've ever worked with. And, um, uh, you know, we're very supportive of each other. And I, uh, she reached out to me and said, Oh, I hope you're applying for this. And I said, actually, no, <laughs> thank you. I'm I'm glad that you think I'm well suited for it. I happen to think that she's well suited for it and I hope she does apply for it. But, um, it's like, nah, I can't. I just know psycho spiritually, whatever. Like, uh, although that's, that is a progress of a sort that I just know I, I don't have it in me right now to take on more responsibility. <laughs> I need to be um, liminal. I need to be. Um, uh, is it larvae? What is it? <laughs> well, I don't know. When, when, when the butterfly goes in its fucking cocoon, whatever. Um, you know, I need to step away from the podcast. I need to focus on my homework. I've cut my hours at work. Um, I need to read. Shakespeare and study Chinese and, uh, read Antigone and, uh, and, um, be alone and be a bachelor and, um, you know, even be sad for a while. And, um, You know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something, uh, to say that summarizes all of that. But, um, you know, I wish these 100 episodes were leading to some sort of, uh, exclamation point or a flourish, but it's just, uh, unfortunately it just feels like an ellipsis. Um... And as I'm sitting here, I'm trying to think if there's anything to talk about. Well, and maybe the only thing left to do is to say thank you. Um, You know, this has been a long process. And, uh, you know, I know that there are those of you who have listened to every episode. And uh, that's not nothing. You know? And um, for those of you who have stuck around for 100 episodes of this, thank you. It means, like a lot, (laughs) you know, uh, this has been an anathema for some people who have somewhat across it. Um, but some people have enjoyed it. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's been an exercise, but it's, you know, (laughs) not to uh, get too poetic or, or try to play on that word too much, but, you know, I, you know, in some ways it's, maybe it's like when someone starts an exercise program, you know, they want to get fit and they want to get lean. And, you know, sometimes those things happen, right. When you commit to a a healthy lifestyle or exercise regimen, of course, oftentimes you get some sort of physical bonus as well, but it really is just that, like what you really get out of it is, um, the discipline and, um, you know, there's all sorts of benefits you get from it. And uh I don't know what it's going to translate to necessarily. But I will say when I think of everything I've done creative in my life, I've certainly, you know, I always feel like I I'm very self-deprecating when I talk about these things, but the truth is I've I've had a lot of successes that not a lot of people have had when I in my creative work. You know, I've released a shit ton of music. I've performed a shit ton of shows. Um I've had a lot of opportunities that not a lot of people have had and some really great experiences. And, um, you know, those are all great things. Um, But this has been different in that there's really nothing I've done that I've done so consistently. You know, I mean, I've released a shit ton of music over the last, you know, I guess over 10 years now when I really think about it. I think I released Praise Box in two thousand ten? I don't know, i have to think about it. Academy Clones came out in two thousand eleven. So maybe I don't know. The point is is that I've been releasing music for a long time, but you know, to do an hour long podcast every week, that's pretty monumental. And I think there were two weeks where the episodes came out late, uh or we skipped a week or something to that effect. But um you know, we also had a fucking four hour episode. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I think we've done more than enough and, uh, you know, to, to do it every week has sometimes been difficult, but, uh, we've done it. And, you know, the fact that that's ending is kind of weird, but, um, you know, we'll see. I'm going to miss it. I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to stop. The truth is I may, I may just continue recording myself and just not have you hear it. In some ways, just kind of going back to what this was. Before it was even a podcast, I, I I was just sort of practicing and talking for an hour into my phone to just kind of exercise that muscle. And it was only until I sort of recorded an hour that I thought was uh, semi-listenable that uh, uh, we released the pilot episode. So, you know, all told, who knows how many episodes of this I've really done. You know, it's actually well over 100. Um, and to be honest with you, this is really episode 101, if you want to really uh, sort of cut hairs about it. But anyway, I was really saying thank you, right? So if you've listened to all the episodes, you know, whether or not you've liked the podcast, um, or whether or not I should say you report you like the podcast, because I would say if you listen to a hundred episodes of anything, you fucking like it, whether you say you do or not. But, um, you know, for all the time you've dedicated to the podcast, even if you listen passively, that's not nothing. So thank you for your time. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who, uh, have, uh, stayed in touch with me and very communicative, um. Some of you I'm not going to mention, but, um, obviously the people I've mentioned a lot are my brother, uh, are, our, uh, our, uh, an MVP of the podcast, our other MVP, uh, my buddy, Matt Evans, who's been very supportive. And also I've mentioned this other person, but they've been a little unsung. They've been kind of uh, in the wings, uh, sort of, uh, Oz, uh, man behind the curtain, so to speak. But, um, uh, Davis who has texted me regularly, um, who I, I sort of uh, have promised MVP status. And yet, uh, now that we're ending here, this should have been the era of his reign as MVP of the podcast. And yet, uh, we're coming to an end. So I would like to, uh, dub Davis, uh, uh, you know, a member of the uh, MVP circle of the podcast and, uh, you know, may, uh, may your reign be infinite if this is the end, right? Because you'll be the uncontested, uh, MVP of the podcast for, for, for eternity. So thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Um, and yeah, I mean, um, whether it's, uh, a breaking up or any goodbye, you know, how do you really say it? You You know, there's, there's really nothing perfect to say. Life ain't like the movies. Um so I'm not really sure what to say. I, I just feel like we've sorta of said everything and so uh maybe it's time to wrap it up here. And I'll just say, um <laughs> If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can. On Apple Podcasts and Spotify, everywhere you find good podcasts, you'll find this one. Take a minute, rate and review us, give us five stars, type a couple sentences about why you like the podcast, and why others will also. And if you can think of one person in your life who you think would like the show, send them your favorite episode and the video podcast is available on our website this is mpod.com you can watch the episodes there or click through to our youtube channel as i mentioned there's maybe a dozen episodes that were not formally public i will make those public as soon as i can and uh, this episode will be up uh by monday or tuesday working with the with the hdr shit it takes a little bit longer But anyway, that's not the last thing I want to talk about. Um, Yeah, the final thing is just to say thank you for all of your time. And I appreciate you listening. Well, we'll let that be it. If there's more to say, uh, it'll be (laughs) said. Otherwise, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And ciao. For now.